What I stand for speaks for itself. And unfortunately, <laughs> that can be confusing sometimes. And I don't know why. Especially considering that God is not the author of confusion, but yet there's a lot of confusion out there. My name is Joshua T. Berglund, and this is Spoken Word. We're on the Live Mana Network. Thank you for being here. This is the third edition of a solo broadcast that I'm doing that's part of, uh, this is part of our ministry. And um, it doesn't look like your normal ministry. I don't look like your normal, I'm not a pastor. I'm just a man that loves the Lord, but, you know, I don't fit the bill that I think that some people want me to fit sometimes. And I'm cool with that. I'm very cool with that. I'm doing this broadcast today. We're going to call this broadcast witchcraft. Why? Because it seems appropriate. Why does it seem appropriate? Well, I have another broadcast I do called A Conversation with Joshua T. Berglund, where I love to have conversations with people from all walks of life. In fact, it's in the bio of the show that I'd like to talk to people from every faith, religion, sexuality, belief system, country, you name it. If you're different than me, I want to talk to you. I want to learn from you. doesn't mean I'm going to believe what you believe. It doesn't mean that I'm going to go, oh, you know what? I'm no longer going to follow Jesus. I'm going to buy into your ideology. No. I personally am a man of faith. I love the Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua. I love Yeshua with all of my heart. And speaking of Yeshua, before I get into this, this spoken word that is on my heart to share, let's pray. Seems appropriate. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to broadcast. Thank you for giving us and blessing us with the platform to be able to use the airwaves, to use what was known or is known to some people as the, 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 you know, the God of the airwaves. You know, that's uh, the Lucifer is the God of the airwaves, they say, whether that's true or not. The fact is this, that you've blessed us with the digital Noah's Ark. You've blessed us with the opportunity to be able to come on here and speak our truth, speak the truth, and also a platform to allow other people to speak their truth. And again, sometimes that's a lie. Sometimes it's fraudulent. And, and, and frankly, that's really not up to me. I, it's not up to me to expose people, but if they expose themselves, they do. But nonetheless, Father, I'm grateful for this opportunity because you've given us the platform and this the, the power to be able to speak and to share our heart and to not have to hide behind social media or the limited parameters of what social media is. You've given us this network, 
that reaches all over the world through all mediums, TV, print, and audio, podcasts, radio, all of it. Thank you for this opportunity. And I don't take it lightly, Lord, and I humbly submit and surrender this broadcast to you. And I pray that every word that I speak is genuine and true. And I pray that the people that have judgmental spirits or the people that are religious spirits, the people that just are at, at, at war over doctrine, at war over their ideologies, at war with what they grew up hearing in the church. I pray, Lord, that this message that you give me speaks to them and opens their heart. But I also hope and pray, Lord, that I make it abundantly clear who my Lord and Savior is, who that I live my life who I live my life for, who I don't have a life without. Let me glorify you, Lord. Let me glorify you. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. I'm mad. I'm mad. For most of my life, Everyone wanted me to go to church and give my life to Jesus. And Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. And God was going to save me from my sins. And God was going to free me. And God was going to do this and that. Eventually, he did. Because I ran out of places to run. It took me being locked up in isolation, my sixth time in jail, facing five years. To understand that I can no longer outrun God. All the other times I went to jail and all the other times I should have been in jail. They didn't do it for me. They didn't wake me up. But I think about the seeds that were planted because the life of evil that I lived. I was an abuser. I was abused sexually and physically. I abused women I hurt other people. I physically hurt myself. Because the pain was the, I just wanted to feel. So the pain is what did it for me. From an early age, whether it was cutting myself or punching face masks to make my fingers bleed so I could just feel. All the evil that I did in the world, the cheating, the abusing, the lying, the deception, the double life, having a double life, all of those things were evil. I did evil. I practiced witchcraft. I had women put spells on me on purpose, love spells, all kinds of spells. I've been a part of sacred sexual acts. I've mixed chemicals in sex. I was a chem sex addict for a good portion of my adult life, maybe almost 20 years. Because when I first discovered cocaine and ketamine and everything else, well, it made the nightmares turn to fantasy. So it was, it was pretty much day one. I was always drawn to the evil. I remember watching... I remember watching people, uh, the trapper keepers, you remember in elementary school, the little folders and people would decorate them with stickers and they would draw on them. I was drawn to the guys that were, and the girls that were goth 
and vampires or actors like dressed like vampires and and their trapper keepers were black and then they had red blood pentagrams and 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 just evil stuff i was drawn to it I was drawn to scary movies and monsters and the supernatural it's no wonder that i became possessed in the the worst kind of ways not theatrics move well of course i probably did look like the exorcist a few times now that i think about it the book the devil inside me which is my testimony book that goes into detail of a lot of the evil i did some and even some of the crimes that i committed not all of them So the point is that God saved me from a lot of evil. I can't tell you how many times that I was laying in bed. The last time um, I remember was living downtown Minneapolis, and that was minor. Uh, the one that was really, really scary is when I lived in downtown San Diego. Maybe there's something with downtowns. I don't know. Um, but laying in bed and feeling the presence of a spirit, like trying to force its way in me being choked and feeling like I'm raped by a spirit. Like all these things have happened over the course of my life. I've seen demons. I've seen people's face morph in front of me, I've seen their eyeballs switch in front of me. I've seen these things. And the truth is I've seen these things because I expose myself to these things at other times. I remember seeing my ex and I'm not going to say which one, but one time on mushrooms her, I saw that was the very first time I saw someone shapeshift in front of me. And the truth is, I think it's the demons that I gave her. It was like getting to see myself in the mirror. Because, I mean, I remember seeing it going, oh, my God. But not at her. I, I remember vividly thinking, that's because of me. I did that to her. I turned her into a monster. Why am I telling you all this? It's because on a conversation with Joshua T. Berglund and Faith, uh, I, forgive me for getting her, uh, Faith Mystic. Conversation with Joshua T. Berglund and Faith Mystic. It was an, a broadcast I did yesterday. And even in the description that was posted before the interview went live, There was judgment and there was throwing witchcraft verses at me like I've never heard them before, like I didn't know. And, and, and this judgment of saying, like, how can you give a platform to these people? How can you do this? And I, and it's amazing to me because I thought with all my heart that when you Gave your life to the Lord. You remember what I was saying at the beginning. Christians, when they want to convert you, will do. There's no greater sin. There, I mean, there's no sin too great for God to save you from. That's all I heard. I kept on doing more evil and more evil and more evil and leaving church and getting high on cocaine or meth and going to orgies uh, or even doing cocaine in the church because my role, because I. Somehow the girlfriend at the time suggested that it was a good idea 
for us to go to church after being up all night rolling on ecstasy. And then, oh God, I'm coming down. I better do cocaine. It's like, you're going to church. Like, what is wrong? That evil. And I can have a whole conversation about soul ties and all the different sacred sexual rituals and orgies and all that stuff that I was doing. I could go into all that, but I'm not going to. But again, Christians say that there's there's no sin too great. Like God will save you. God will rescue you. And I, in, in all the different times that I tried to give my life to God and, and surrender and all the different times that I tried to turn my life around, it all went... <laughs> And why was that? Because I wasn't committed to it. I wasn't fully surrendered. I wasn't at that place of, oh, I can do this on my own. I mean, I always believed that I, because I was good at getting myself out of trouble because I was deceptive. I was manipulative. I, whether it was the Jezebel spirit or any of the other evil ones that I had, I was a master of deception. I'm not proud of anything that I've done, but again, going back to, they say you're not too far gone. And when I gave my life to the Lord, it happened because I'm in jail. It takes 24 hours for all of a sudden the cocaine to wear off and the alcohol. And I wake up to realize, I wake up to realize, oh my God, I have thrown away every single opportunity given, given to me. I've wasted everything, every gift, every blessing, the, the money that I had, all of it, I've wasted it all. I've wasted every opportunity. You think the five, the five other jail visits were enough to get me to change my life, and it wasn't. And who did I blame? I blame God. Why won't you fix me? Why won't you change me like everybody else? That's what I screamed to God when I was in jail, in isolation, in the psych ward in L.A. County. Like, why? Like, why won't you fix me? You have to forgive your father. Well, how in the, am I supposed to do that? After what he, blah, 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 blah. Because it happened to him too. Why am I telling you this? Because that part's not witchcraft. But that is truly, in the, in the series of events, and read the book, read The Devil Inside Me. You can scan the barcode. It, 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 it's right there. It'll tell you all the details. But if it wasn't for my mom reaching out to me, Sending me devotionals. And even though when half the time I'm getting the devotionals, I've been up for three days straight. I'm high on meth, high on cocaine, high on all the whatever. And I'm getting these devotionals. I'm like, Sugh. sometimes maybe, you know, when I was like coming off and then having the regret. It's like sometimes I would read them and I would get really ashamed. But the seed was planted. Even though I rejected it. The seed was planted. My mom never quit praying for me. My mom never quit loving me. My mom never gave up on me. Regardless of me trying universal religion, me trying Buddhism, me trying all of this stuff, my mom never gave up on me. While I'm practicing witchcraft in a variety of different ways, and there's lots of levels of witchcraft, my mom didn't give up on me. My mom didn't disown me. 
My mom still welcomed me into her home. My mom still asked me to go to church with her, and I did. Even though I was leaving, going and getting high on cocaine and other things. My mom didn't give up on me. One person that I know didn't give up on me. And all of these comments that I've been getting, and I can't comment back on Facebook, but they're coming from YouTube, they're coming from our website, they're coming, like wherever a chat is available for this, and thank you to everyone who's downloaded our network apps. Again, barcode. The comments coming from everywhere, my private email, like sending me the same Bible verses that everybody else is sending me. Because I interviewed somebody that some people label as a witch, somebody that calls herself a divine goddess. What if... She left, and if, if you hear the interview, you hear that she grew up in church and she's still involved with some churches. And some people even say, well, that's witchcraft, and, and maybe it is. But you see, this is not even really about her, even though I am going to base this on witchcraft. Um, my platform and the people I interview, I interview people from all faiths all belief systems, whether they believe in God or not. I'm I, I, bisexual, transsexual. I don't care. Half the people that watch this program or any of the content that we do are not believers, but they listen to me talk about Jesus. They hear me share my testimony. Where am I doing wrong again? Why? Like, I actually, I kind of think I mean this literally. Why in the hell? Why in the hell would I only want to share my testimony with Christians? What, is, what good is it going to do? Oh, and here's another thing. It's Christians that wouldn't allow me to share my testimony in church. Every single church that I have submitted my testimony to, to ask if I could speak to their congregation, because my testimony covers the bases. Homosexuality, bisexuality, transsexuals, HIV, Drug abuse, chemsex, abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, narcissism, DID, demon possession. I can keep going. My testimony covers the bases. And the church won't let me talk. Won't even let us serve, for that matter. Because you see... We're a nonprofit media organization, the Live Mono Worldwide Foundation. We are broadcasting on the Live Mono Network, which is under the Live Mono Worldwide Foundation. We use everything we have to serve other people, to help them with their media needs, to teach them, to instruct them, to guide them, to help them, to give them distribution if they want it. We have a lot to offer, a lot to offer, and we are rejected all day, every day, by the very people that are supposed to be like us, believers, followers of Jesus Christ, have been rejected every which way. 
I have pastors and prophets and everything else that'll reach out to me and like, oh, and they'll give me a word and then they'll ask for money. And then I like, well, let me serve you. Let me help. And then they run away. Every church that I go to for the first time that I'm looking to go be a part of, I ask, how can I serve? We have a lot of resources and nothing. So why would I want to share my testimony where it's not welcome? I don't anymore. I don't care about speaking in the church. Why? Because I don't need the church to share my love for Jesus and to share what Jesus has done for me. I don't need the building. I've got everything I need. I've got the digital Noah's Ark. Why we created a channel called Church Redefined is for the ministries that are ministering to people that know what demons are, that know what drug addiction and chem sex and homosexuality and bisexuality and bathhouses and, and debauchery and child abuse and all that stuff, degenerates, perverts. Like those are the people, right? It's a hospital for sinners, right? But once people get saved, it's like all of a sudden now we're going to judge you. On all that same stuff. How is that? I'm glad that I interviewed Faith. In fact, I don't care. I've said this in a few responses to people. That if I ever saw the devil again, I would ask to talk to him. And I'd tell him what Jesus has done for me. And what... It didn't. I'm not bragging when I say this, but I'll talk about Jesus anywhere you send me. In fact, I don't get invited back on set quite a bit. And I'm bring a good energy on set. That's why I've gotten most of the parts I've gotten. And not that I'm an actor, actor, but I've been blessed to do some cool stuff <laughs> and be a part of some really amazing, amazing projects. But I've also been able to get my testimony on set. Any, I, 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 on secular stages that I get to speak or MC, Jesus comes out of me. And I guess what? I'm talking to a secular audience and they hear about Jesus. But the church won't let me talk. And then based on the response, not on people that actually watch the video... But people, based on the description, prejudged, not understanding why I would have this conversation. Our mission and everything that we are about is not just to be a voice for the voiceless, but to elevate other voices for the voiceless. But see, with that, that also means that I'm trying and we are trying to show the love of Jesus to the very people that used to be just like me and even my wife. Her past is not near as wild and insane as mine is, but witchcraft plays a role in her life too. 
I'll let her tell her own story. What if... Let me just ask you this. Do you think that the woman at the well, the prostitute, that Jesus spoke to, do you think that she probably didn't practice witchcraft? I mean, in all honesty, I think that a form of witchcraft, and some of the verses that I'm going to get into here in a little bit, but some of the... um, some of the verses that I'm going to get into, it, it lumps in sexual orgies and promiscu- promiscu- promiscuousity. <laughs> um, you know, being a slut, going to orgies, you know, all that stuff that I used to do. Yeah, that was like it basically when you read the Bible verses, it makes it sound like that's a form of witchcraft. And if you know anything about soul ties, the two are pretty connected. Did Jesus run away from that woman? No. Jesus was basically doing street ministry with her. All we're doing, all I'm doing, is street ministry, but using the airwaves to do it. Why not? The people that I'm talking to about Jesus, the people that watch any of our shows, again, most of them aren't believers. And they're hearing me talk about Jesus and other things too. Because I'm not a preacher. I mean, a shock jock evangelist, yeah. But I'm not a preacher. I didn't go to Bible school. I just love Jesus. And I'm excited about what he's done for me. And I am all in on serving the Lord full time. Do you think Jesus would deny the opportunity to have a conversation with a witch, a demon? No, because I believe he talked to demons and he cast out demons, cast demons out. Did he not? Yeah, he did. And he had to talk to him to do it. Broadcasting and giving people a platform like that's different. Why would, why do something in secret or, you know, like your secret life is all going to be exposed anyway. So if it's so on the hush and street ministry is one-on-one and or whatever, like, why wouldn't you want the world to see what street ministry was? And And there's lots of forms of it. I mean, those of you that are salespeople, do you really go for the clothes within five seconds? Do you go, okay, you're a witch. So I'm going to lay hands on you. You're going to give your life to Jesus, right? You're going to do it? Hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Everyone has their own way of doing things. I didn't go to school. No one taught me how to, you know, convert people. But I'm not trying to convert people either. I just want people to see the love of Jesus. I want my life and all that I've lost to be testament to the power of the Lord, Yeshua, Christ, Jesus Christ. Like I want it to be a testament because where I was and where I am now, that's all Yeshua. 
That's all a relationship with Yeshua. And guess what? Not, not at one point has, has he said to me, don't go talk to that sinner. Don't go talk to that witch. Don't go talk to that meth addict. Don't go. No, he's never said that. And another thing, if I listened to what everyone else thought was right for me, I'd be dead. I would not be living the life of my dreams, and I would not be serving the Lord full time either. So anyway, with that said, I have some verses I want to read. <laughs> and no, I don't have them memorized. Nope. I don't have any of that. Let me, my face. Come on, phone. Come on. My, It's a lot. <laughs> it's not. Recognize my face. It said, face doesn't match. Maybe I'm too tan now. Here, let me put my coat in. <laughs> Freaking thing. Yep, I'm not editing this out too. Okay. So I want to make it very, very clear. I am against witchcraft. I am totally against it. How much time did that? It took me 26 minutes to tell you I'm against witchcraft. Oh, well. Revelation. This is this is clear as day. Revelation 21, 27. Nothing impure ever enter it. Nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I didn't really talk about witchcraft there, but shameful and deceitful. May I ask, all of you who are against me interviewing somebody that you call a witch, a mystic, well, she has a lot of names. In fact, it was kind of exhausting, all of the different things she does. <laughs> like, how do you have time to wipe your butt? It, it, it just, there's a lot there. I'm not supporting witchcraft. But you know what? I think the conversation needs to take place. I've had other people... That are noetic scientists. Do you know what noetic science is? Probably not. A lot of people don't. But it's a pretty, pretty detailed belief system. I've had them on my show too. I've had Muslims on my show. I'm not afraid of that. It was a Muslim woman that took me in when I was homeless. And I learned more about prayer from a Muslim woman than I ever, ever learned from a Christian. Ever. Still love Jesus. Still my savior. My next door neighbors are Hindu. Love them. Love them. They are so kind, so awesome, so amazing. And they've heard me talk about Jesus a lot. I don't judge them what they believe. Why would I do that? It's not their relationship with Jesus. It's mine. And if I be the love of Jesus, well, maybe then I'm going to, like, they're going to want to know about Jesus. But if I go start throwing Bibles at people, do you think they're going to respond well? Probably not. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Idol worshipers. I'm going to, I mean, witchcraft, it's clear as day, right? But idol worshipers. How many of you have idols? 
How much time do you spend on your phone? What do you do when you leave your phone behind? An example, what about your favorite sports team? Do you get upset when they lose? What about your favorite TV program, your Netflix show? Those can all be idols. And you're going to judge having a conversation with a non-believer on my platform? Do you all know? I mean, why would we only talk to the converted? It doesn't make sense. That was Revelation 21.8. Galatians 5.19-21. Now the actions of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, promiscuity. I can't say that word. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have cheated in reading class. Anyway, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred. Ooh, hatred. Ooh, that's a good one. Let me start over. Now the actions of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immor immorality, impurity, being promiscuous. <laughs> idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, rivalry. I wonder if they're talking about OU Texas. Jealousy, outburst of anger, quarrels, conflicts, factions, envy, murder, drunkenness, wild partying, and things like that. I'm telling you now, as I have told you in the past, that people who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Your outburst of anger, lashing out at other people, lashing out over them about their interpretation of a Bible verse. Lashing out at them at the choices they make like you are their person's God. What is wrong with you if you're going to judge witchcraft, judge yourself for your imperfections? Because none of you are all that holy to be judging anyone or trying to walk someone else's walk with the Lord. Some of y'all have been Christians for 20 years, but you got secrets. Guess what? I don't have secrets. I confessed all mine, and I keep doing it too. I don't pretend that I know everything. I tell you I don't. I don't pretend that, I, that I've, I'm completely healed. I'm still a borderline pervert. I don't try to act on it. I don't, even, I don't act on it. I don't do the things that I was doing before. But you know what? My eyes, my memories. I remember that some of that crazy. I dream about it sometimes. And when I dream about it, I like it. Am I going to hell? No, because I confess it and I repent. All that's hidden will be exposed. I have the practice of confessing all my stuff. I'm not saying this to brag. I'm just saying, let's call a spade a spade. We're judging pastors for being in imperfection, and most of that's their fault because they portray perfection. Or they'll go, oh, I know I'm a sinner, but they don't talk about the sin. I'm not saying you to pervert the sin or glorify the sin, but it's not like we're really being that honest from the pulpit. And I think that that makes us different. We're a different kind of ministry. I'm a shock jock evangelist for a reason. And again, I'm not saying this to brag because every one of you should be doing this because it's freedom. 
I don't fear your backlash. I don't fear what you're going to say about me. It's upsetting, yes, when Christians, of all people, are the ones that judge me. Not the people that are broken and hurting and are struggling and have denied God, the atheists, the witch, the witches. They, they're not judging. They're not questioning the motives behind things and all that. Like, pull the vlog out of your own gum eye, man. Like, everything I just listed, I you're guilty of one of them. We're not perfect. We're flawed. And I want to be more like Jesus. I want to love more. I want it just to be obvious that I live for him. And I know that, and the Lord said all of these things were going to happen. You know, the evil would be exposed. All that's hidden will be exposed. Um, and, and, and even the, the, the false prophets and the false Christians, all that stuff is going to be exposed. And this is part of it. But it's disgusting. You profess that you love the Lord, but then you use your, your mouth or your Twitter fingers to go nuts, lashing out at people or judging what they're doing when they're just being obedient to what they're called to do. The Holy Spirit has had me do some crazy things. Things that looked absolutely disastrous. But guess what? It always got me to where I was supposed to be. And the fruit, that should be enough. But and again, it's like not like you're, anyone's around me very much. But we are blessed. Like God has restored all that I lost. I have two amazing kids. I have an amazing wife. And it's not just fluff. We're happy. Like we have a good time. We're never really apart. And... And God has restored my life, and God would not restore my life if I wasn't safe, if I wasn't serving him, if I wasn't loving him. He would not have restored my life. What is the biblical definition of witchcraft? I will tear down your walls and demolish your defenses. I will put an end to all witchcraft. And there will be no more fortune tellers. It's God that's going to put an end to it. Not you. Not me. Our job, our job as believers is to go out and, and make fishermen or <laughs> fishers of <laughs> to make fishers of men. It's to give our testimony, share our testimony, use our gifts to bless other people. It didn't say don't be a blessing to non-believers. And, and if I'm not supposed to talk to witches or new age people, how are they going to ever see the love of Jesus? What's the point of street ministry? Again, all this is, is a digital version of street ministry. In street ministry, people have conversations. Hey, how you doing? What's up, man? Like, what's going on? You cold? Because, you know, Minnesota gets freaking cold. 
You want a hot dog? Yeah, it's all beef. You know, you know, I know you don't eat swine. It's cool. What are you doing? What's going on? Like you, you have a conversation. You get to know people. You listen to them share their struggle, their pain. Every, there's so many different methods to doing it. But a conversation with Joshua T. Berglund is every single episode, regardless of who the guest is, they hear about Jesus. And it may not be the way that you share about Jesus, but nonetheless, I'm sharing about Jesus. I don't want... The, the, the church has already made it clear that, you know, and maybe that changes, but I've given up on ever wanting to speak in a church. Because I'll make people very uncomfortable because I'm going to tell the truth. God is the ultimate judge and authority. And I know some people got really upset with me saying the Bible has been manipulated by man because it has. And I, but dude, there's one, two, three, four Bibles, Bible there, other Bibles there, Bible on my phone. There's Bibles all over this house. Love the Bible. Read it every day. Listen to it. Listen to the teachings of Jesus on repeat. Doesn't make me holier than you. Just that I love it. I also know, because I have the Holy Spirit, that, like, hey, there's some context missing here. There's, there's, there's something that's been taken out. Oh, I know that that's been manipulated because I have this other version of the Bible here, or the same version that was written at a different time. They have different words. If you take a sentence, I'm sorry, if you take a word out of a sentence, does it not change the whole meaning? If you take a sentence out of a paragraph, don't you lose some context? But again, the Bible is the best book ever written, ever written. It's not the literal word of God. It can't be. It can't be the literal word of God when there's dialogue and communication to the church from Paul and other things. It's not the literal word of God. You don't speak in parables literal. It's not literal. Parable is not literal. So your argument sucks. So I know that it upsets people, but it's a fact, but it doesn't change my love for the Lord. And we've been lied to about so much. So like, you don't think we're lied to about this? Do you know the true origins of the Catholic Church? You probably don't. You probably don't. So if you don't know that, then what else do you not know? And the facts are that we know less than we actually know. And I like to think that I'm a very smart, intelligent guy that does a lot of research and a lot of reading and a lot of seeking to understand. Hence, why I have people with different beliefs, even people that share my faith, believe differently than I do. Or sometimes there's similarities. Sometimes there's not. If you notice that, like everyone's choosing sides, like instead of uniting around the love of Jesus Christ and uniting around the love that he commands us to do, we are fighting over what interpretations of everything else he says. 
we are overcomplicating all of it. And that's why we have all this judgment in Christians and believers fighting against each other. Why we have so many different versions of Christianity. Why we have so many different religions altogether. You're going to keep going here. Okay. Seers will be put to shame. Those who practice witchcraft will be disgraced. All of them will cover their faces because God won't answer them. That's Micah 3.7. 1 Samuel 15.23. Rebellion is a... Is, ooh. 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 I'm a rebel too, so this one's going to hit home for me. <laughs> Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. And I don't know what the full context of that is because that's one of those verses. There's more to it. But rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. Who's not rebellious? I know I am. I'm rebellious against this government. I wouldn't trust this government. Anything that they said to me, they broke. They broke their commitment to God with the way that they've been acting towards us, the way that they're forcing things on us and changing the laws of breaking the law. They're criminals. All things that God said was going to happen. But I am absolutely rebellious against that due to the sense that I'm going to defy that authority. Oh, and by the way, in the Bible, it says I'm supposed to be obedient to the government. I'm pretty confident. I'm just going to say this right now. I'm pretty confident that Jesus Christ would not want me being obedient to these clowns. No way. Do not eat meat that has not been drained of its blood. Do not practice fortune telling or witchcraft. Pretty clean, clean ear, or that's clear. Leviticus 19.26. Hmm. Deuteronomy 18.10-13. For an example, never sacrifice your son or daughter as burnt offering. I don't think I've ever read that verse before. But you know, it makes me wonder, if you know anything about child sacrifice. Fascinating. Like, why even bring that up? Oh, I know why. And do not let your people practice fortune telling or use sorcery or interpret omens or engage in witchcraft or cast spells or function as mediums or psychics or call forth the spirits of the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. It is because the other nations have done these detestable things that the Lord your God will drive them out ahead of you. But you must be blameless before the Lord God. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for forgiveness. Because I've done all that. Well, I haven't sacrificed any kids. Other than forcing women to get abortions. That would be the same thing to me. I don't support witchcraft. I know it's evil. I've been possessed. That is not, it doesn't tell me anywhere in any of these verses, and I'm going to keep going, but it doesn't say do not communicate. If Jesus left the 99 to go after the one lost sheep, 
Who is that person? What if she's lost? Now, she, she doesn't believe that. She, she believes what she believes. But you know what? How it's really, really easy just to look at her profile, look at her website, look at the content she creates, and then, and then just pass judgment on her without having an understanding of why. Conversations allow you to learn why. And when you learn why, then you can start, you can get somewhere. The most powerful thing in the world for you is knowing your why. Like, why, why are you here? Why, what, why do you, like, why, knowing your why is something that you can go back to as fuel. Because when your why is bigger than you are, it changes things. But it also helps you understand. It's really, really easy to judge homosexuals and call them perverts or or, or cheaters or people that cheat on their wives with other men. It's easy to judge. I've done these things. I know all about this. It is super easy to judge me and, and I welcome it. I'm not that man anymore. <laughs> and, and I'm grateful I'm not that man anymore, but I, I'm okay with being judged on my past because I know what my future is. But the thing is, is that it's really easy to look at that and say, well, again, to judge it. But how did I ever get to that place? How did same-sex attraction happen? How did becoming a pervert and a chemsex addict and all that stuff? I didn't, like, come out of the womb that way. Abuse, neglect, abandonment, worth issues. I mean, there's lots of reasons why. But when we seek to understand why, it allows us to have compassion also. And with compassion, it gives us the heart to actually serve and help. But judging, criticizing, lashing out, cutting people off, What is that doing? None of that is of Jesus. None of it. Throw all the Bible verses you want at me, but that behavior is not of Jesus, and you can't dispute that. If you can, you're a lying. You're lying. Didn't want to call you a name. And the light of the candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth. For by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. All nations have been deceived by sorcery. There is a spirit of witchcraft all over this world. You can't run from it. It's on TV. It's on your Christian album covers pulled this one off today this one actually broke my heart and i don't know if you'll be able to see it you can see the shadow see the one eye if you know anything about one-eyed symbolism illuminati 
I mean, whether he knows or not, it doesn't matter. The, a lot of people are under a spell of witchcraft and don't realize it. People that are watching award shows and people that are watching music videos and people, you, it's in your face all the time. And when you understand symbolism, it's really, really easy for the veil to lift because you realize it's always right in front of you. Witchcraft. In Christian music. What do you say to that? Now use your magical charms. Use the spells you have worked at all these years. Maybe they will do you some good. Maybe they can make someone afraid of you. All the advice you receive has made you tired. Where are all of your astrologers, those stargazers who make predictions each month? Let them stand up and save you from what the future holds. But they are like straw burning in fire. They cannot save themselves from the flame. You get no help from them at all. Their hearth is no place to sit in warmth. Why? And look. I know people that innocently look at astrology and they look at their signs and and they put some faith in it. It's like, wow, that sounds a lot like me. Gosh, you should learn that magic trick, how they do it. it, it, it it's crazy. Um, but why you, you, you don't need to, and I know this is where I'm now on the other side of supporting people that were speaking out against witchcraft. I don't stand for it. Why, I've said this so many times, but why would you go to your neighbor? Even if they're not practicing witchcraft, why would you go anywhere else but to God for all of your problems? You don't need your preacher. You don't need your daddy. You don't need your mommy. You don't need, your, any, you don't need anybody but God, really. When you have the love of Jesus, and when you have Jesus in your heart, you really don't need anybody else. And yeah, it's great to have friends. It's great. To, to, to have community, all those things. But the fact is, you really only need Jesus. And God has all the answers for you because, after all, God is your creator. Not the witchcraft and the tarot cards. I think that stuff is freaking stupid. Honestly, I think it's dumbest, the dumbest crap I've ever seen. I don't get it. I don't understand how people put faith in it. Because I can see the trick. And again, I've played with Ouija boards. I've had spirits enter me. I've seen what a Ouija board can do. I know evil. And I know that those other spirits have this very amazing way of, 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 of speaking things to you that go, ooh, it makes a lot of sense. I've gotten a lot of prophetic words from people that call themselves prophets that were actual witches. And I understand how dangerous it is. I am not condoning or supporting it, but I'll be damned if I avoid trying to show and be the love of Jesus around them. Isaiah 8.19. That, oh, by the way, that was Isaiah 47.12-14. Isaiah 8.19. Someone may say to you, let 
Let's ask the mediums and those who consult the spirits of the dead with their whisperings and mutterings. They will tell us what to do. But shouldn't people ask God for guidance? Should the living seek guidance from the dead? No! To take it a step further, how many of us believers go back into our grave? How many of us believers go back to doing the very thing that we were saved from? You know, going back, hitting the pipe, going to the bathhouses, going, whatever it is for you. I I did it. Confess it too. That episode's out there. I'm not proud of it. But it's, it, it's the same thing. Like conjure, bringing up the, the conjuring up the dead. Well, you can go back to your old life too. It's digging up the dead. Put to death this, uh, wait, put to death for the sin of witchcraft. Leviticus 20, 26 to 27. You must be holy because I, the Lord, am holy. I have set you apart from all other people to be my very own. Sounds like a personal relationship. Men and women among you who act as mediums or who consult the spirits of the dead must be put to death by stoning. They're guilty of capital offense. Again, thank God for Jesus because these people that were condemning and judging and wanting to throw stones at, stoned to death, Because of Jesus, they have a second chance. Will she surrender her life to Yeshua? I don't know. But who am I to not try to show the love of Jesus to her or anyone else for that matter? 1 Chronicles 10, 13 to 14. So Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He failed to obey the Lord's command. And he even consulted a medium instead of asking the Lord for guidance. So the Lord killed him. And turned the kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. The power of witchcraft. Should we fear the powers of Satan? No, but we should stay away from it. That's someone's opinion, not a verse. But I have an open heart enough to go, okay, well, that's a check. 1 John 5, 18-19. We know that whoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth toucheth him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth, lieth in wickedness, lieth in wickedness. Cheated in reading class. Year of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you, that he that is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. There's so much here. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. That's Ephesians 5.11, I think. I think when people think of expose... They think it's to point the finger 
scream, witch, Satan, devil. Calling people out on social media, which I know I just did that only because she was lying on someone else's name. Boy, that was fun. Anyway. But can't exposing evil or wickedness also be bringing it to light and having a conversation so people can see and understand? We should understand what the enemy's tactics are. We should understand what evil is really doing so we know how to protect ourselves. And if your faith is not strong enough to be able to hear a conversation about witchcraft or have a, or a different version of spirituality because she doesn't call it witchcraft and she doesn't call herself a witch, the divine goddess and other things, yes, but she doesn't, but she was called a witch. Even to me, she's a witch or form of a witch. But my faith didn't change. My love for Jesus didn't change. But I have a better understanding of the mindset of that world now. And so now as a believer, I'm better prepared and equipped to speak about it, to witness to it, to whatever. Whatever God wants me to do with it, I will. We're spending too much time trying to correct other people. And I understand that we need correction. But correction, you know, when you have a relationship with somebody, hey, can I give you feedback? I want to talk to you about something. Can I talk to you? Is now a good time? Hey, I'm really concerned that, you know, you're you're kind of playing with fire, don't you think? I mean, you you you've you've been possessed, you've had You've had, you know, um, you, you've dealt with witchcraft before and like you live this life of evil. Like, is it, isn't it dangerous for you to be around that? Fair question. Fair question. And my answer is, I'm fully equipped to. This is what my armor is built for. You can't have spiritual armor a true armor on things that you didn't overcome. You can't talk to people about being a drunk and, and getting delivered from alcohol. If you're not yourself, you can't or any other thing that you want to put in there, what you've been freed from, what you've been delivered from, what you've been saved from is the very thing that you take and you take what you've learned back to the place that you were at and you speak life into the people in the way that you needed it for yourself. You don't run from it. I'm not telling you to go to the whorehouse. I'm not telling you 
to go to the bathhouse and start witnessing to people. I'm not saying any of that stuff. There is a way to do it. And me having a broadcast network, this is a safe way to do it. This is street ministry digitally. Heavenly Father, thank you um, for this opportunity. I hope any of this made sense. I hope that you were glorified. I also pray that I was not blasphemous in any way. That's the last thing I want. I just want to serve you and I just want to be obedient and I just want you, I just want to do what you want me to do because that's what leads to all of the amazing stuff that I've been able to experience is obedience to you. Father, I want people to know you the way I know you. And, and mind you, I know there's even deeper depths that we can go and we will go. But I want people to know you the way I do for the people that don't. And Father, I pray that anyone out there right now that is struggling with witchcraft, struggling with addiction, struggling with staying in a poisonous relationship, whether a believer or not, I was a believer and I was in a toxic relationship. And because of that toxic relationship, I made really stupid decisions. And I know I'm not the only one. Father God, please, anyone out there that is struggling with hidden shame, secrets, even if it's a judging heart, whatever it is, Lord, anything that they know and you're speaking to them right now, and you're pointing that thing out that they're hiding. You're pointing out that thing that they're running from. The thing that no longer serves them. And they keep trying to stuff down so they can forget about it. That thing right there. That thing. Poke a hole in it, Lord. Poke them so they know that they can surrender it to you. And that. You can take that from them and you can put something back in its place that will serve them and fuel them to do the works that you've called them to do. I love you, Lord. And anyone out there, again, that is struggling with anything and you're just, or you're just sick and tired of being miserable, feeling hopeless, feeling empty, you're, you're, you're tired of struggling with an addiction or something that you just feel like has control over you instead of you, it, I pray that you just simply, they, they just simply say, I surrender this to you, Lord. This no longer serves me. Please take this from me. And for people out there that are even questioning that you exist, give them the courage to at least say, God, if you are real, please take this from me. And then, Lord, make your presence felt in their life right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for watching. This is way longer than I planned on going, but it's a spoken word. I don't have a script except for the Bible verses because, again, I don't have them all memorized. I'm trying to. We have to do better at being respectful and showing love 
to people that are not like us. But here's another thing. We got to start being nicer and kinder and a better example of Jesus Christ to people that share our same faith because we treat them like absolute garbage. I'm judgmental, judgmental people. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. I'm mad that I don't feel comfortable in a church. I'm mad about that. Why well, we started our own, but it, I, I, I'm mad. I'm disappointed that the secular world, well, no, I'm not disappointed in that because that's kind of freaking awesome that the secular world or non-believers will listen to me talk about Jesus, but Christians won't. But you know, the one thing I thank God for, because all of my heartache that has come through the church, from the church, people of the church, people of my faith, all of that stuff has not made me question who Yeshua is once since I've given my life to the Lord. Because I know who he is for me, and I know who he can be for you. And I know that I am nothing without my relationship with the Lord. All of my fruit, all of the blessings I have, getting to live the life of my dreams after the life of evil that I did in itself is a miracle. The Lord can do the same for you. Witches or not. Thank you for watching.